Next on BYUSN, Big 12 life in the back of the pack. BYU football and men's basketball bringing up the rear in two notable ratings. But does it really matter? And Brady Christensen weighs in on the Cougars trying to get in the NFL and the current offensive line. Welcome to BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday. This is how we do it. April 14th, I am Spencer Linton, alongside a man who is now going to watch old movies in theaters, Jerem Jordan. Now, what is old? Probably 2003 is old, because it's been 20 years. Yeah. Last night, I went to Return of the King in theaters. I had not seen it in theaters, because I was on my two-year mission trip. Uh, but my mission president, Serge, uh, uh, Benedito Serginho Antonio Dos Santos, Brazilian. I was hoping he, for a longer name. Yeah, I know. It was only like five names. He let us watch it on my mission. So I saw it a couple of times, which is super cool. I actually watched it in Portuguese <laughs> the first time because we couldn't figure out the, sub, uh, the uh, dubbing situation. But it was super fun to see okay. who laughed at what point, who uh, cheered at one point. Like there was cheer. I can't carry it, but I can carry you. And the crowd's like, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. It was super fun. I saw Return of the Jedi is going to come uh, back yeah, into theaters okay. locally here in a little bit. Going to take my kids to that one. Interstellar, Rogue One, E.T., been to a couple. Yeah, it's fun, man. I, I hope movie theaters do this more often. I feel like it's a, it's a way to get people back to the theaters, and they're, they're looking for ways because it kind of sure, it died it. with COVID. Well, not for my family, um, but we, we, we're at the theater right now. We're at the theater every other week, it feels like. Uh, wow. But yeah, there's wow. A, lot, a lot of good movies. Early out. poll for BYU fans and BYU Sports yep. Nation contributors. If you could put one blockbuster movie back in the theaters to go yep. see, what would it be? Pre-Indiana Jones, I would love for them to do the first three in theaters. That'd be awesome. Oh, go see Raiders of the Lost Ark? Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. The Last Crusade? I just introduced oh, my 11-year-old to that movie. It, honestly, as a parent, um, it's fun to introduce your kids to some of these films that are classic. Or like ones that are stupid, but you still want them to see it like you saw it. <laughs> like I did that with the Ewok movies with my kids. There are two Ewok movies. Did you know that? Did you know that? Okay. Yeah. They're on Disney+. Plus. They're terrible. But I was like, let's watch them. Tate asked to watch the second Ewok movie the other day. Wow. It's hilarious. Oh, are we on? Okay. Yes, yes, we are. On today's show, how concerned are we about some preseason rankings for BYU football and men's basketball? BYU is the last ranked team going into the Big 12 in, in uh, a couple metrics. Do we care? Carolina Panthers' Brady Christensen talks about the draft potential of Blake Freeland and others. The loss that is actually a win to that school up north. We talked about it yesterday. And Mitch Worthington and Sean Olmstead of sixth-ranked BYU men's volleyball taking on eighth-ranked Stanford tonight. Huge match. They're coming in studio to talk about it. But first, here are today's headlines. Today marks the final practice of BYU spring football. I have mixed emotions because now it really is the offseason. But... The transfer portal opens back up tomorrow. Will BYU add some more key pieces? Both Jerem and I feel like the work is not done for roster additions, courtesy of the transfer portal. In addition, the NCAA has adopted new recruiting rules for official and unofficial visits. Prospects, get this, will no longer have a limit to the number of official visits they can make to NCAA member schools. Still limited to one official visit per school, except in the case of a coaching change. Our friend Robbie McCombs at RT McCombs on Twitter said, can't wait for the memoir of a high school kid that talks about how he didn't pay for a meal the whole summer because he had 45 official visits. That's going to happen. That's hilarious. <laughs> Number six men's volleyball wraps up the regular season with a pair of matches tonight. Tomorrow, 9 Eastern against 
Eighth ranked Stanford at home on the BYU TV app tonight. App and BYU TV tomorrow. MPSF tournament seeds two through four on the table for the Cougars. Sean Olmstead going for win 150 as the men's coach. And BYU trying to pull off its third undefeated home season in program history. A lot going on this weekend in the Smithfield House. BYU women's basketball has three players enter the transfer portal. Yep, it applies to all sports. Amanda Barcelo, Sophia Lee, and Alyssa Blank. Barcelo, the most notable of those three, yeah, played in hurts. 32 games. Alex's little sister obviously started seven games this past season and did some nice things. Felt like she would have a growing role, but not to be at BYU. Lee and Blank, both freshmen who had not seen any playing time at BYU. Baseball lost game one to Santa Clara 11-6 last night. Game two tonight, 9 Eastern on the BYU radio app. And game three is tomorrow at 4 Eastern time. BYU softball plays arguably its most important series of the season this weekend in conference at LMU. Game one of the series tonight, 5 Eastern, then a doubleheader tomorrow. Remember, BYU lost two of three in Provo to the Lions last year. That was the tiebreaker that ultimately sent LMU to the NCAA tournament and ended BYU's streak of 16 straight NCAA tournaments. I would not argue against this being the most important. This is the most important. Let's go. Track and field did work at the Brian Clay Invitational California last night. Aubrey Frentaway breaking the BYU women's 10K record with a 32-34-08. That record lasted 39 years. Congrats to wow. Aubrey. That's awesome. Four other top 10 marks happened last night on the men's side in the 10K. Casey Klinger, Creed Thompson, Brandon Garnica, and Joey Noakes, whose dad was my middle school history teacher in eighth grade. You got a B plus, right? I wish. Uh, also, <laughs> Sierra Tidwell Alfin took first in the high jump and is currently ranked fourth nationally. I probably got an A. In there. Okay. I was a good student before BYU. <laughs> what happened? What happened? School got in the way of my education. Uh, hey, football is not entirely lost on BYU. Yeah, spring football's over, but. The USFL begins this weekend, and hey. a number of former Cougars are involved. Diane Lake and the Houston Gamblers take on the Michigan Panthers on Sunday. Tithing free money for Diane. Troy Warner and Corbin Kafusi, both with the Memphis Showboats, play the Philadelphia Stars tomorrow. Samson Nakua and Bo Tanner, a couple of former BYU speedsters at receiver with the Pittsburgh Maulers, play the New Orleans Breakers on Sunday. I couldn't have named any of those mascots had you not said I know the Houston Gamblers, but that's it. Yeah. That's number, it. Number seven, men's rugby, plays at number three, Central Washington, tomorrow in the D1A quarterfinals at three Eastern. The Cougars already played the Wildcats, uh, beat them 24-23 on March 18th. Ooh. Good luck to my old roommate, Steve St. Pierre, and the boys. Get to the semis. We determined that would be a, a huge success. Yep. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Saunders out ahead to Robinson. Waterman, watch a three. Got it. Watch it rejected. Big 12 life from the back of the pack. Well, this is new for BYU's major sports, specifically men's football and men's basketball. But it's new because BYU is going into a Power 5 conference. What? Yeah, did you hear? Well, of note, Jerem, BYU is the lowest-ranked Big 12 team in both the ESPN SP Plus football metric and in Ken Pomeroy's ratings in Big 12 men's basketball. So how concerned are you that BYU is at the bottom 
of all 14 teams currently in the Big 12. Insert Drake quote, right? Um, but, yeah, no, BYU in football will, will not be the worst Big 12 team. I, I am extremely confident that that's the case. Yes, they are the lowest ranked right now, but wasn't TCU one of the lowest ranked last year going in? They go to yeah. the national title game. I'm not saying that's what BYU is going to do. I'm just saying BYU, to me, is probably going to be somewhere in the middle of the pack. Sure. Um, if BYU is in the lower half, barely, that's fine. Again, okay. first year in the Big 12, we don't know how tough it's going to be. We're walking in, not that I can even relate to this but analogy, but Shep certainly could, walking <laughs> into a new gym, and you're going to put up more uh. weight on the bar, and certainly you hope for the same amount of reps you used to do, but the reality is you're going to have fewer reps but okay. a higher amount of weight, a.k.a. tougher schedule, 10 P5s, longer duration of toughness throughout the year. Like, you need endurance strength, kind of like the bench in uh, you know, the, the NFL Combine. 225, how many reps can you get up? It's not pure strength, it's endurance strength. Can BYU get through a Power 5 season? Okay. And I certainly think BYU can. I am not concerned about being 62 in SP+. BYU's going to be a better team than Kansas. BYU's going to be better than a couple other teams. Maybe BYU's middle of the pack. Who knows? Basketball, I am concerned. Uh, because at 77 in the final Ken Palm, which, by the way, is not terrible. I think that's way better than how we feel sure. about how the season sure. went. I think we feel like BYU was 250 um, emotionally, mentally. They were not. This just in 77. Certainly not making the NIT is always going to be disappointing. But we have high standards here. 77 is still top 25% of college basketball. There are 351 Division I teams. That'd be like being in the top 30 in football. You know what I mean? Uh, certainly different because there's a lot of teams in men's basketball. I'm not concerned about football. I am concerned about men's basketball. Certainly need to add some talent to the group, to a young core. And now you play in, it's actually better than the SEC is in football. The Big 12 is in basketball. Top to bottom. Yes. There's, like, what's going to be a game that we schedule, see on the schedule, Spence, where we go, that is an automatic win. We know it's a win. There will be zero of those. We will not say at USF or USF at home. Is or UCF. Sorry, UCF, thank you. Is not automatically a win. Like, you are going to have to battle. So that's a challenge, but guess what? We wanted this challenge. We've wanted this challenge for a long time. Not scared of it. If you're scared, by a dog. Had a dog, got rid of it, so I ain't scared, right? Let's, let's go. BYU in the Big 12. Um, time to musk up, as they did in Anchorman, and get after it. Yeah, I don't know that preseason metrics or even postseason metrics leading into a new season really concern me that much there is a little bit of trepidation for me because I, I put some stock into Bill Connolly's numbers and and what he has created with SP plus in collaboration with ESPN like I, I feel like that's a pretty solid metric but still I did the research over the past five seasons looking at where BYU was in February of each year and where they finished after the college football season. And so just to recap, February 2018, this is coming off a terrible 2017 season. Worst season for BYU football in 50 years. Vegas had BYU winning 10 in uh, 2017. And you win four. Yeah. The Cougars finished or started number 76 in February 2018. They finished number 46 after going 7-6. and six. 19 started 50 finished 60th, so a little bit of a drop, and then the huge uptick in 2020, but say what you will about the COVID schedule. Hard, hard to uh, right? have predicted. BYU that. was number 53. They finished 7th that season. 2021, 
5-0 and against the Pac-12, de facto Pac-12 champions. They started number 52, finished 46 after losing in the Independence Bowl that against season wasn't UAB. As, wasn't as good in SP+. Plus in SP+. Plus. Yeah, so yeah. it was a little bit of, of an uptick. Last year, BYU started number 23 in the SP+, Plus, and we were like, oh, wow, this is good. This is favorable. We were excited. Finished 70th. Yeah. Okay? That's... Yeah. Right now, BYU is number 62, Okay, but that's dead last. So I, I feel how like – How about all 14 teams being in the top 62? Uh, yes, and that's what I'm getting to. That's is good. BYU's number 62, so not – I mean, middle of the pack, that's the worst. This tells you, <laughs> according to the metrics, where the Big 12 is. A lot I, of good teams. I don't expect BYU to finish dead last in football either. I, they're going to win some games. I think they're going to win after a bowl game. I think they're going to win eight games and finish in the top 50. They'll be probably 45 to 50. That's where I and feel that like could be like finish. ninth in the league. Yeah, when all for sure. That, that and that's fine. And if it's 10th and you won eight games, great. Just speaks to the strength of the Big 12. And now you know. Now it's you got a different realm. Yes, it's totally different. Like all of the the history of BYU was built on easier schedules, domination. When you get to a couple of those big games, you got to win a couple, and then you make a mark, right? Like, uh, BYU's not had anything like this before. They certainly ramped it up in independence, and that was good. Like, BYU was obviously more prepared for this moment than any other non-Power 5 was entering a league, including the Big East teams. Um, but you still got to show up, and you got to play, and you got to win. BYU certainly needs some depth. They need to get to that spot. But like you said, and it's interesting, too, because with the variation of strength, or lack thereof in, in certain years in, yeah, in yeah. independence, sort of hard to gauge with BYU what that was going to be like. Like in the Mountain West, it was pretty consistent, and it got um, better because you had three top 25 teams there in like 07, 08, 09 with Utah and TCU. In independence, it's like hard to know, like how good is Notre Dame this year? What is Arkansas that good? Hard to know. Now we're going to have a pretty consistent, like, okay, you know in a given year from the Big 12, you're going to have X amount of ranked teams, X amount are going to finish top 25 in the end, blah, blah, blah. We'll get to know. There will be rivalries. We'll get the rotation of schedule. But like you said, in football, not concerned. Basketball certainly has something to prove. Football doesn't have as much to prove as men's basketball does at sure, this point. Sure, Because they're coming off their 4-9 and nine season, if you will, um, in basketball terms last year. We, we, are, we need this team to rebound, and we fully expect them to be competitive the next couple of years. Yeah, the reason I share all those numbers, and I know it's a lot of numbers, there, there's really no, like, significant trend. Well, if they start here in SP+, like, they typically have done this. It's been all over the map. I feel like it's you're playing Battleship with somebody, and they just keep moving the ships. Is Rihanna in this Battleship movie like, like she was in the No. No? Okay. Terrible movie. Terrible movie. <laughs> I, only, I think I got 20 minutes into it, and I was like, I'm out. <laughs> you're like, I'm, I'm done. Battleship I'm out. Sunk. I'm out. A7, you know, if I'm you're out. playing with your friend, it's like this SP Plus is kind of like you hit somebody, and then like you go back, and you're like, oh, okay, like I've near enough. Definitely B7. I'm de- and they're like, nope. You're like, what do, you, what do you mean, nope? Like, I've hit everyone else. They're like, well, the ship's moving. It's, uh, it's headed over somewhere else. Yeah. Like, you can't move it. That's kind of how it feels like. It's just like such a moving target. Sports, man. But that's why we love it. We don't exactly the know. Unpredictability is why we love it. Come on now. I do agree with you on the basketball side that like that that metric feels like it resonates more than the SP plus, the Ken Pomeroy. Because BYU is gonna have to have something different. Who like they need an in, like an insurgence of scoring 
of pace of play. They've got to nail it in the transfer portal. Yeah. Like it, and they're it, going after it. They're getting after it. And it makes a bigger difference when you get that guy because there's only 13 scholarship players in basketball compared to how many football? 85? 85? Mm-hmm. It's such a different game. Yeah. Like one player, quite literally, can change your team. Ask Santa Clara and Brandon Pajemski. Yep. Right? They changed the whole team. Yep. That's what BYU is looking for. So, yeah, right now, more concerned for basketball with you. I agree. All right, our question of the day. We've answered it. How concerned are you that BYU is ranked lowest in basketball and football in SP Plus with football and Ken Pomeroy's index in basketball going into the Big 12? At BYU to the Big 12 on Twitter answers, Nice hand. Hey, if BYU wants to play in the big time, they've got to be willing to play in the big time. And if that means a few down years... I'm okay with that. But what is a down year? In men's hoops, not making the NIT, and in football, not making a bowl game. Those are down years. That Oh, man, not making a bowl game would feel like, uh, I feel like almost, is bad too strong of a word to use? A bad season? Yeah. No, it's a bad season. Um, you, you, we have a high standard here, and BYU feels like, hey, it's ready, for, it's ready for this. So let's go. JT Lammer on Twitter says, meh, preseason rankings never mean anything. TCU was one of the if not the lowest-ranked team in the Big 12 last year, and made it to the championship game, the national championship game, not just the Big 12 championship game. So it does Both. matter just when. Yeah. Well, they, they matter, but they don't ultimately matter. Yeah, all good. Okay, baseball's on the road for Game 2 at Santa Clara tonight. Dropped Game 1 last night. Looking to bounce back, try and win the series here. Listen to Game 2 tonight, 9 Eastern on the BYU Radio app. Up next, what is the potential for BYU's offensive line in 2023. Brady Christensen still knows a few guys on that line. He's going to give us his take. And what advice does he have for Blake Freeland going into the draft? This is BYU Sportsman. Dude, he's at the office. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B on a Friday. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Hey, I should note, during the break, I looked up where TCU was last February. Where were they? 48. BYU was 25 spots higher than TCU, than TCU going into the season. So basically, you're saying BYU's going to make the playoff. <laughs> that, well, like there's we 60, there's 62 this year. So to take that same deal, maybe, maybe they finished top, finish top 30. Let's go. Let's go. Put on your blue goggles. We still need blue goggle holsters in Studio B. Oh, I got some right here. <laughs> Mine are permanently they're, attached they're to a attached. degree. of contact. Uh, we're super excited to bring in our first guest of the day. He oh, is yeah. Brady Christensen. He is an outstanding NFL offensive lineman for the Carolina Panthers and a great personality overall. Brady, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, man. Thank you. It's great to be back. I love to be back to BYU, you know. It's awesome. Hey, I guess Carolina still has a shade. Is that considered blue? Is it Carolina blue? That's like blue. like what's the shade that the Panthers say that is of uh that that particular shade of blue? Yeah, it's Carolina blue. I, I I mean, I don't know for sure, but it seems like almost like a mix between Duke and North Carolina basketball. You know, it's kind uh, of all mm. mixed together. And I love the Carolina blue. You, you know, it's a, it's a good color. My my dad grew up, uh, you know, a North Carolina fan, and he would say, Jerem, do you know why the sky is blue? Because God loves Carolina, <laughs> which was always funny. Um, do you want to break some news? Just tell us which quarterback the Panthers are going to pick with the uh, number one overall pick. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. Let me just tell you right now. They, you know, they, they've definitely told me who they're, they're <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally kidding. I, 
people always ask me, hey, who they're going to pick. And I'm like, honestly, you probably know more than me. You follow it closer than I do. I have no idea. You're like, so. hey, Jaron Hall would be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. I'm Bryce excited, Jaggers, you know? Yeah. CJ or Bryce, you'd think, right? You know, we'll see. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait, but it'll, it'll be fun to see who they pick and get in there. And, you know, they, a couple of guys have been here visiting. Um, it's it's a good quarterback class. So I'm really excited for all. I'm excited for Jaron Hall to see where he lands. You know, I've been following him. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun it's draft. Draft day is always fun. It brings back all the, those memories. So I'm excited to see see what happens. Absolutely. And let's stay with that theme. Your good friend Blake Freeland crushed it at the combine. Much like you did, you had a great combine as well, and your numbers were really good, and you showed your athleticism. He was off the charts with his athleticism. So. What are the conversations like between you and Blake? And if there haven't been many, what advice would you offer to him at this point? Yeah, we've been talking back and forth. You know, we're competitive people. You know, I was like, I still got you in the broad jump type of thing. You know, we're kind of going back and forth. Uh, but I'm happy for him. I, I mean, really, no surprise. He's such a freak. And just just to see how hard he's worked and, and all that hard work pay off, it's been awesome. I remember telling him when he was young, I was like, dude, you – are very special you could be one of the best BYU tackles ever and so to finally like see that come true it, it's uh, it's really no surprise to me and, and just kind of the advice I've been giving them you know just just stay the process and just just enjoy the ride you know you, you have no idea where you're gonna go you're trying to figure out who's interested in me where am I gonna go but you have no idea so just enjoy the ride and and you know have fun with it by the way are you at work right now are you at the Panthers facility yeah, I am at the Panthers facility. You know, I got some rehab in and uh, got a little workout in. Uh, it's OTA started for us this week, so we had you know meetings and stuff. But uh, it's it's been fun to kind of get to meet the new staff and and kind of get rolling. So cool. Okay, uh, flashback to 2019. Uh, you're the starting left tackle. Blake Freeland is thrown as as the starting right tackle in his first start, I believe, against Boise State. You guys are two and four at that point. Boise State comes in the rank 15th. Uh, Blake Freeland told us. He lined up against Curtis Weaver, who's drafted the next year by Boise State. And Curtis is like, hey, how many games have you played, man? He goes, oh, this is my first, my first start. And he's like, what? Um, what was Blake Freeland like in 2019 versus the guy that we saw dominating last year? Blake, uh, I remember that game very vividly. I was like, hey, dude, you're going against one of the best Mountain West pass rushers of all time. Like, go have fun. You know, go show it down. <laughs> he, 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 he played great. He really did. Um, I just remember him playing in practice. He would just like pull and run around the corner and he'd just be like destroying people. Like sometimes he looked like he was tackling people, but it's just like he was so raw, but so athletic and so big and so good. You, you're like, holy oh, yeah, cow, this guy, once he fine tunes his technique, it's going to be incredible. And that's what he's done this past couple of years is, is really fine tune his technique to go along with that athleticism. So it's, it, it's been fun to watch, watch his uh, progress. Brady Christensen, former BYU Offensive lineman, great, now with the Carolina Panthers. In fact, he's in the Carolina Panthers facility as we speak, is joining us on BYU Sports Nation. You mentioned you went through some rehab. We know you had uh, surgery not too long ago, and we all want you to get healthy. So what's the status on your injury and your rehab and how you're feeling right now? Yeah, I'm uh, three months out uh, post-surgery and uh, feeling really good, you know. Uh, deadlifted this week, squatted this week, doing some rudiment stuff, you know, some high knees and – some a skips and just really getting it rolling and getting it uh, strengthened again. So it's been a, it's been a cool process just to see the weekly improvements that I've had and, and it's it's been really smooth so far. It's feeling great and I'm I'm really excited. I'll be back full speed. You know, 
for sure by by fall camp. Yeah, ankles are tricky. So was it tough for you to to trust it? You know, when you're doing a deadlift, like are you are you good with that mentally? Yeah, I always said, well, I've learned that it's as big physically as it is mentally. I mean, first time I was doing, you know, high knees and those things, I wasn't like being explosive off of it. Some of it was physical, like it wasn't as strong as my right leg, but also it was mentally like I, I didn't walk for like, you know, eight weeks. And so just to get that mentally back again is, is a big process and you got to work on it daily. What did you do without walking for eight weeks? <laughs> And I, uh, <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> um, you know, I got into this, I, I was trying to read some books and that didn't go great. So I watched, you know, a lot of TV, watched a lot of movies. I just let, you know, my son, you know, just climb up on me and we, you know, tried to get around as much as possible with a scooter. Um, it was a pretty mild uh, winter in Charlotte too. So we got outside as much as possible. I would ride my scooter and Ledger would ride his and we'd go together. So it, you know, it, it was it was a good time just to spend a lot of time with, you know, Ledger and, and my wife. So it, it wasn't too bad. Congrats on the mild winter. Uh, we had the opposite of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, Sorry, that, that's a probably uh, sensitive subject. Uh, it was right now. crazy uh, here, but uh, we think we're almost done with we're it. We're not even done yet. We're not done with it. It was really cold <laughs> yesterday and today. Um, what, yeah, how long till you get out to the golf course? Because I know that's a big deal for you. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, next week I'll oh. be uh, back golf course got a doctor's appointment and I'm, that's going to be the first question I ask and I start swinging the sticks so <laughs> that'll be a big day outstanding Brady Christensen soon to the golf course my friend is on BYU Sports Nation the draft approaches in now under two weeks um, now that you're a pro and you've gone through it how much attention do you pay to it like are you are you dialed in are you watching it or are you just kind of like oh, I'll read through Twitter when the day's over uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not too dialed in on it. You know, I'm excited to see what, you know, Panthers do. And I kind of follow that a little bit closely just because, you know, future teammates that I'm excited to be around. But other than that, you know, I'll watch it. I'll see. I'll be glued in for that number one overall pick. And then the second round uh, draft pick, whoever they pick. And so I'll be glued in for who we pick and then where the BYU guys go to. I, I follow up those two things. And other than that, you know, I, I don't know much about it. I I don't pay close attention to it. You know, offseason's kind of the time to get away a little bit from football, and, and, and that's what I've been doing. I don't believe you, but that's a good answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got the number one pick. You're like, don't take a left guard. Um, yeah, no, all, all good. Um, tell us a little bit about a couple of your former teammates who are in the mix to have huge years for BYU, which is Connor Pay and Graydon, uh, Braden Kime. What were those guys like when you interacted with them at BYU? Because certainly Connor could be the starting center, perhaps a guard. Braden Kime probably will be the starting right tackle. Yeah, um, Connor Pay, man. I remember our bowl game against USF the COVID year. Um, he he jumped in and played center for James and just played outstanding. And he's got he's kind of been like that ever since. So it's been really fun to watch him. So he's going to be that anchor of that line. And to have an anchor like that as at center is just is, is huge. And so I'm really excited for them. And then Kime, yeah, Kime's just – I'm excited to watch him play. He he was so raw when I was there and so tall and lanky. <laughs> and you can tell he's put on a lot of good weight and he can still move like he did when he was skinny. So I'm excited to watch him just dominate and really show who he is. I mean, what, how old is he now? He's got to be <laughs> – I'm just kidding, close to 28. <laughs> he's, he's been around a minute, yeah. But it's, it's going to be – 
mean, you got Kingsley there too. He, uh, I mean, I, I didn't ever play with him, but you know, I saw him in high school and at the BYU camps. Just saw how he moved. They're going to be tall, big, athletic, man. It's just been a good streak of BYU O lines, and so it'll be fun to watch them. They they need to win some games in the Big, big Twelve. You know, they got to rely on those guys to have a good season for sure. Yeah, let's uh, finish up with that. Just projections for BYU as they go into the Big 12 with Kingsley Suamatei and Connor Pay and some key transfers. Braden Kime certainly is going to play a huge role on that offensive line. Brady, what, what are you looking at BYU as as far as expectations go for year one of Power 5 play? They're going to take on 10 Power 5 teams and nine in conference. So how are you managing expectations? Yeah, I think I think I have high expectations. You know, I, I don't know. You know, hoping ten wins, honestly. You know, just go in and dominate. I think, like I said before, I think the trenches are going to be huge. They, when you're playing that many P5 teams, you really got to control the line of scrimmage. Um, so if they can stay healthy up front, you know, on the O line and then the D line with you know Jay Hill coming in and, and point, uh, having an aggressive defense, it'll be really fun to see. And then. I, you know, my boy Max Tooley, that yeah. linebacker, I played in high school with him. If they can get rolling and stay healthy, you know, they're going to be really, really good. So I'm excited to watch them play against all those P5 teams. It's going to be going to be a hell of a year for sure. Yeah, baby. Um, yeah, we're sending you some blue goggles uh, right now, which is great. We, 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 would love, we would love 10 wins. That'd be awesome, right? Blue the, the lights went blue out in the room. Alert. Did you hold still for alert. too long? Yeah, I know. I need to, like, move <laughs> Hey, take it easy. You're rehabbing, man. It's all It's all good. Hey, arms are still good. Arms are still good. <laughs> arms are still good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brady, I know we're not supposed to pick favorites, but come on. You're, you're, we you're, can pick you're favorites. One of, you're one of our favorites, You're one of man. our favorites. You're one yeah, of our favorites. Appreciate it, guys. You guys are the best. Hey, great to talk with you, brother. Uh, we wish you continued success and increased health as you rehab. Can't wait to watch what the Panthers do. Congrats and on getting C.J. Stroud. That's very yeah. exciting. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be talking <laughs> soon. I'll see you somewhere on a golf course in Bountiful, hopefully, over the summer. Bountiful Ridge. Here we go. Let's go, man. Brady, Let's great go. to talk to you. Take care, brother. Take care, guys. Brady Christensen of the Carolina I love Panthers. Brady. He's just chilling in like so, the offensive line room. He's so real. Out. He just he is be real. He is real. He is be real. <laughs> the unbe real. I want to follow him. <laughs> you missed any interviews like the one we just did? Shows, games. You can deep blues. You can find them on BYUSN.com. Download the BYU TV app. Get all BYU sports content we've got on demand. Still on the way. Did the universe send yet another sign that BYU football? could summon some special powers from 1984. Like the newspaper on campus? <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss next. Think about, yeah, think about that. The ambition of that name is amazing. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yo, yo, follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Jeremiah Spencer. Time to whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner, even on a Friday. Homie of the program, Cam Miller of College Football Network released his Big 12 wide receiver rankings. Keanu Hill, number 11. Cody Epps, number 12. What do you think? I'm putting on my invisible blue goggles, and I am loving that. BYU with two of the top 
12 receivers in the Big 12. This is a conference known for big-time pass catchers. I really like this, Spence. I think they fit in the top 12. I think Chase Roberts hopefully will be a top 20 guy as well. Yes, I was just going to add that. Where's Chase Roberts? Didn't have enough over the season, right? Was hurt quite a bit, but I like it. I love the big three for BYU. Is there another receiver out there in the portal that could help out a little bit? Is there? Yeah, BYU needs multiple. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all in. I think they're going to be very busy with Keaton Slovis throwing them the ball. Big Game Boomer checks in with the top 100 tight ends of the 21st century. Dennis Pitta lands at 35. Yeah. Couldn't be 32? Come on! Johnny Harleen at number 67. Jerem, do you feel Dennis is ranked too high? In the words of uh, at 100 miles a week, I was reading through this list but ran out of time after number 34. <laughs> There's always time for Dennis. Come on. No, I, Dennis is he should have been at number 32. What if I told you that Dennis still holds the NCAA record for most yards by a tight end in a career, 2,901? Then he's top 25. He's awesome. Do you know Gordon Hudson still holds the uh, single-game record, 259 versus Utah in 81, and career per game, 75 a game? Gordon Hudson. Wow. Rest in power, my well, guy. I'm looking at something that goes, Rob Gronkowski's number 25. Travis Kelsey's number 28. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty good list. They're better NFL tight ends than college tight ends. But the Cavender twins announcing their potential transfer from Miami to the WWE. Uh, what? Which BYU duo would make a great professional wrestling tag team? This is tough. Like, no, it's not. Yes, it is. Because the first, <laughs> the first answer that came to my mind are a couple of guys that are no longer at BYU. The Barrington brothers. Oh, look at you. Uh, so I was up. I had mixed emotions. I was like, oh. Yeah, the yeah. Barrington brothers. They would perk offensive linemen, big person, fun guys. They're competing for Baylor now. Chris Brooks and Houston Himmel. Oh, wow. Also, the Louis Lapuapu. Ask Boise State. Okay. Yeah. Now, I know the Nakuas are not big, but, but their personalities are perfect for the WWE. We've seen punching from all of them. Puka and Samson defending Basically. each other. Like, you can see you can Famously, see Samson running in with like you know the folding yeah. chair and slamming Famously some Famously Kai, okay. <laughs> the Nakua brothers are are where I ultimately sell, but they're not the biggest of stature. So I that I, don't matter. Figure it out. I guess the Cavender twins see, are not the biggest Libre, of stature you those either. Little those little guys. Yeah. Yes. Incarnacion. Number six BYU men's volleyball taking a number eight stand for tonight's perfect home record is on the line. Um, are you banking that that's going to happen? And what are the seeding scenarios this weekend if it doesn't happen? Uh, the team that wins both uh, is the two seed. If they split, it's 2-3. If one team loses two, they may fall to four. That's the basic scenario. Wow. So if BYU wins both, they're the two. They were picked to finish sixth in the league, by the way. Is there a way they could win? Like I said, they split. Is there a way that BYU could split and still be the two seed? No. They would be the three. Split and be the three, probably. Because they lose some tiebreakers. Well, they, they could, you're right, they could split and be the two. It depends if if they win in fewer sets than Sanford What else? Does. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Situational. So win in three tonight and you're in a good spot. Okay. Uh, Aubrey Frentzway set the new BYU 10K record yesterday, previous record that was set by Kerry May in 1984. Just yet another uh, sign that this football season will be awesome. No. <laughs> no, good it's answer. not in any way, shape, or form. No. 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 I, lo I the love snow the snowpack and this. No. Yeah, I love the coincidence here. But it has zero impact yeah. on what's going to happen. This is not, uh, you know, 1984. 
At College Football Homes Twitter poll, we discussed this yep. yesterday, of the most hated fan bases, Utah and BYU going head-to-head in a two-seed versus three-seed matchup in the round of 32. Uh, Utah holds on for the win. Jerry. Congrats. So, does that loss actually equate to a BYU win? Yes. We didn't want to be the most hated. Also, why would you want to win in that regard? Also, who cares about this poll? But um, (laughs) we care because we put it on the show for Yeah, no thanks to the most hated fan base. Congratulations. Congrats to all the BYU fans. You're a more hated fan base than BYU. (laughs) (laughs) Up next, what are the emotions like of the... Big time top 10 showdown senior night matchup that we just discussed between BYU Volleyball and Stanford. Head coach Sean Olmstead and libero Mitch Worthington in studio to give us some insight. This is BYU Sports Day. Yeah, baby. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. BYU has known nothing but victory at home this season in men's volleyball. It's a, be- it's a beautiful thing. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. Joining us now, a dynamic duo from men's volleyball, the head coach, Sean Olmstead. Some liberos. And the libero, Mitch Worthington. Yeah, we that's got right. That's a libero that's right. In the house. In the house. Up. It's also vest day, apparently, Sean. Well, I'm, well, I'm uh, kind of, where, where's your hoodie? <laughs> I didn't get one. Well, okay, but black, I did get shoes from you a few years back, which I wore there today. There you go, and I appreciate you. you doing that. I, I'll, we'll, we'll take care of you. We got to take care of you. All right. You got to take care of you. Let's go. I don't share. I should probably <laughs> just give you one that I got. That's all good. Yeah. Mitch, great to have you on the show as well. Thanks for how, how are you me. feeling as you uh, head into what's going to be a really fun, dramatic weekend? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're stoked. We're super excited to, be, to have gotten where we are in the season and to be here tonight. And we, it's nothing but business for us right now. So we're excited. It's been a fun journey, Mitch, uh, from the year before your mission and then uh, all the way to 2023. How would you sort of summarize your time at BYU now that these are the last two matches for you in Provo? Yeah, I mean, this whole year, everyone's been kind of talking to me like, oh, you're so old, like how long you've been here. And, <laughs> but you I mean, are the oldest I am, by far. And, and, and it's, not, it's not an exaggeration. I've been here a long time, but I've enjoyed every moment of it with the, uh, the guys that I've been with, that I've had the opportunity to play with. It's all been... Each year has been a little different. It's been something special, and it's been it's been awesome. The old man Mitchell Worthington yep. and the young and sprightly Sean Olmstead <laughs> with the Sunbeam Sports Nation. There we go. Hey, you get Stanford. They're a yeah. team that's uh, riding a wave of confidence, but yeah. so is BYU. How do you feel about the matchup against the Cardinal? Uh, we look very similar, both of us. Um, and you're exactly right. They're 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 playing really good volleyball right now, and I think we are too. Um, we, we, we didn't have the opportunity to compete last week, so I think we took a pretty smart approach to uh, how we went about last week. The guys bought into that in completely. We believe, I mean, it was one of the best weeks of practices we had last week and wow. even this week. You know, because when you're not playing towards the end of the season, uh, you would like to be playing matches, you know, maybe one match or ideally two. It'd be great, and, but things kind of played out that way. So the guys, it, it, all credit to the guys because you can kind of lose focus. You know, snow's melting, sun's <laughs> out, the, the flowers are starting to Finally. pop. Finally. Yes. And so, you, you know, the guys stayed focused. 
all credit to those guys. And so it's, <laughs> I mean, look, what more could you want here at the Smith Fieldhouse? And then you got Mitch, senior night, playing, playing against Stanford, two teams that are playing at a high, high level. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be rocking. There are a ton of storylines, but the perhaps the biggest one, I guess, is just what these matches mean, right? So, sure. Mitch, there's all these scenarios, right? But ultimately, if you guys win two, you're the two seed. You were picked sixth. Did you guys take that personally? Was that motivating at all? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, based off everything that happened last year, we, we definitely took everything personal. We, we knew we were a better team than what we showed last year, and we, we were prepared to uh, come out and show everyone, and that's what we've done thus far. And it's simple. You win two, you're the two seed. That'd be, what would that mean to the team if you were the two? Yeah, I mean, just kind of building the confidence. That's what we've done so far, and especially being here at home, we have... We have all the confidence in the world playing at home, and so being able to come out here and play our game tonight and then tomorrow night, it's just going to keep that confidence rising uh, as it should toward going towards playoffs. And clearly, there are several motivating factors for this team. Uh, I've paid particular attention uh, to the idea that you're undefeated at home, and Jared told me it's only happened twice before. In yep. the, the amazing storied history of BYU men's volleyball, it's, it's only happened twice before that you've had And Mitch a, was uh, here for both of them. In 98 <laughs> and 2014. <laughs> 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 1989, <laughs> you know, the first year. Of, no, I'm kidding. Sorry, Mitch. Nah, it's all good. <laughs> Do you throw things like that, Coach, on the back burner? It's like, ah, it's cool, I, or, or does it matter? You know, I, I think, he, I bet you could ask Mitch and he'd be able to tell you that most of the things that I find out I kid you not come from Jerem. No, no, no. And, and I love it because he's done such a great job. He's been such a wonderful, wonderful partner. That's why he's got a hoodie. What's you your, know, with BYU Volleyball for so, some many, work to do. for so many years. No, no, no. He really has. And I find out everything from him. I, Mitch, Mitch knows me. Beck. Half the time, yeah, through, through uh, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. But um, Mitch knows. I mean, half the time I'm like, huh? You know, someone will bring something up. I'm like, wait, what? What happened? Uh, you know, I've just, um, but it's, it's pretty cool. You know, all those things. I, I remember at the start of the year, Mitch and I were standing because Mitch always comes over right before the set. Once they say we're ready to go, he comes over and fist pump, let's go. And I remember I just said, Mitch, look, you know, check this out, man. This is it. And, uh, and he's, he's done everything. He's been an outstanding leader. He's done everything. And, but um, so those things are great. Uh, it really is. But uh, luckily, you guys keep track of those things, so we don't have to. Yeah. You know, and we can just focus on other things, and that's exactly what these guys have done. Another storyline is uh, you're going for win 150 tonight. Um, you, you'd, be, you'd be faster than Carl to that mark. Certainly wow. Carl McGowan went through more early, sure. right? To 100%. Sort of set this up, but 100%. I know it's a huge... Obvious uh, mentor for you, but uh, to get to 150 would be pretty cool. Yeah, and if I get there, fat, like, like, that's because of what Carl did. Yeah. <laughs> because he went through the, the two and whatever seasons. And, and again, that's uh, – ask Mitch remembers when I found out, right? Because mm -hmm. I had no idea. And it was, it was Jamie. Jamie, thank you. Uh, Beck that kind of sent that to me. It was your Twitter. I would have had no idea. I mean, honestly, if you would have asked me two weeks ago – I would not. I would have not been close if you would have asked me to guess. Hey, Sean, how many wins? I don't know, but um, it's cool because I've get to, I've I've been able to spend a lot with a guy like this and all the rest of the guys, and so that's the cool part of it all. And so let's let's strap them up, tie the shoelaces, and uh, 
welcome, welcome Stanford and all the fans to the Smith Fieldhouse Let's and get walking. It's true. Five of your eight seasons have been with Mitch. Oh, well, there you go. You know? so, um, there you go. There you go. I mean, there's only a handful of dudes that can say they went to two Final Fours, if not three this year. So we still got some uh, game to play. So yeah, two Final absolutely. Would have awesome. been three if COVID didn't happen. Would have been go- three. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. I don't. Uh, I know. I'm, it's I'm too painful. Over that. It's and too he's going to put that in his office behind, you know, when yeah. he's running a successful company. Would have been three. <laughs> I, like, I like that. That's awesome. I love it. I support I'm here it. For me too. Yes. I'm here for it. <laughs> Mitch, what do you think your emotions are going to be like as you play your final matches as a senior in the Smithfield House? Uh, it's going to be bittersweet for sure. I mean, um, I'm not going to take away from the time that I've been here because it's been amazing. Um, but I'm definitely going to be here, cherish every moment that I have, especially tonight and tomorrow night. But, I mean, like I said before, it's business as usual. So these are kind of just steps that we got to take in our, in our process to uh, mm. reach our ultimate goal, which is to win a national championship. Can you hear individual fans? Like over the five years, can you hear individual fans? Yeah, what's it like for you? A lot of times people ask, like, if I yell, will you hear me? And I'm like, you have to be very specific with the timing of your yell. Like, if it's a timeout, maybe. Will I acknowledge it? Definitely not, because I'm in in the zone. It's game time. But most of the time, I don't. I zone most things out pretty well. I'm just glad I have headphones. I literally zone everybody out. You got to be like Ace Man right after the national anthem, and then they'll hear you. Boom, boom. Right Right there. Yeah, find exactly. your spot. I've never asked you this, Sean. Why, why is it in volleyball? I can't imagine this in any other sport that the players who aren't in the timeout huddle are just peppering. Can you imagine in basketball they're just like shooting during <laughs> yeah. a timeout? Yeah. Or football just out there passing? Why is it in volleyball that people yeah, are that's peppering a good, during? I a wish timeout? I could give you a better answer. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I actually, you know, if you want, uh, pay attention to, you know, the international, the pro league. A lot of times you won't see, you know, with a ball. And, the, and our con- even our division's kind of gone back and forth, like no, no, no ball contact in, in the timeout stuff or in between sets. You can't attack. You can't attack. It's gone back and forth because you will see in a lot of other leagues where they're just kind of running back and forth. But I don't know what you see in basketball. I don't know. I don't pay attention. Does basketball, like, run back and forth maybe? No. They're no? Like jumping the jacks? They just stand push in the ups? huddle. Okay. No, they're yeah. not doing anything. Then we are pretty unique. Yeah, <laughs> yes. and we usually, we know if we've got a guy that we might be, you know, hey, we may need, we'll, we'll tell him to hang out and hang around, but I guess it's an opportunity for the other guys to, to get some touches yeah. in front of fans, you know, something like that. Yeah. So great to have both of you in the studio. Thanks for coming in. Preview a great First weekend. First time for Mitch. Good to have you. Yeah. Looking forward to Yeah, well, long overdue, my friend. <laughs> and we're glad we got it in before you, uh, you take off. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the matches against Stanford. Let's do it. Let's go. It's a real thing. You've benefited from this oh, before, yes. Sean. Oh, yes. Going back to your awesome. days with the women's volleyball yep. team for crying All out loud. All the way back. <laughs> way back. The mustache may have played into that as well. but yeah, That too. Double karma. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks Thank you, guys. Okay, watch Skooks tonight. Number six, BYU. Number eight, Stanford. 90 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. Tomorrow night as well. Win two. BYU's two six. Coming up, a rise and shout out to... Really destroying an almost 40-year record. Amazing stuff. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Yo, this show's on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio app to listen to the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, 
How concerned are you that BYU is ranked lowest in men's basketball in the Ken Pomeroy Index and lowest in the SP Plus projections from ESPN for college football as they head into the Big 12? At Ames Flames on Twitter, longtime friend of the program, says 0% concern. Okay. 0%. Okay. It's April, and I always prefer to be underrated than overrated. Gives the guys something to work for. Last year's team admitted they started out the season thinking they were pretty great. Lots of experience and ranked. Look where that got them. Well, they finished 8-5, okay. but, gra- but I understand. It's a great point of sort of BYU likes being the underdog more than the favorite. I, I Think about BYU going into Oregon. Ranked number 12. Yes. Yeah. Wasn't great. Had BYU been, uh, was that, if it was the flip side, would BYU have performed better? Would they have prepared differently? I don't, I don't know, but I, I do agree that BYU, and I have been told by someone significant, listen, we like being the underdog more than the favorite. Yeah, and I th- don't you think most teams are that way, though? I don't know. Other than Alabama? I think Georgia <laughs> likes being the favorite. Other than Georgia and Alabama? I, I think uh, BYU men's volleyball likes being the favorite. Um, Although they, this year they have benefited been the from being the underdog, but, but it's but it was sort of like, hey, we had a bad season. Now we we're going to turn this thing around. Okay, I, I do agree with that idea. Being the underdog is kind of better for BYU. All right, our elite voice of the day, presented by Pax Healthcare Elevated, comes from Stephen. Sorry, Stephen, I don't know your Twitter handle. The, it's just, just Stephen, Stephen. Just Stephen on Twitter. Found the Stephen. Said, put that chip on our shoulders. Let's go. What's the origin of chip? On your shoulder. I feel like I've looked this up before, but I can't remember. What, I have no idea what it is. I, I don't. I it's don't know. definitely not like a Dorito, right? Like that's where, not the where kind the of heck chip does chip about. on the shoulder come from? Okay, <laughs> I'll look it up. Yeah, after. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got. Well, why that, a chip? Uh, kettle, ba- <laughs> p- kettle baked salt and uh, vinegar. What is it? What are we talking about? Our elite voice of the day presented by. Uh, sorry, again, I mentioned that by, by Pax. Today's rise and shadows presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU athletics. Let's give it to uh, a woman who broke an almost forty-year oh, record. Amazing, incredible. Aubrey Frenthaway set the new women's ten thousand meter record, and she broke it by seventeen seconds. Unbelievable, Spence. That's it stood so since awesome. 1984. She beat it by 17 seconds. That's crazy. Congratulations to Aubrey. I've got the answer. Okay. Okay. In the 19th century, boys spoiling for a fight would actually place an actual chip of wood on their shoulders before walking around belligerently daring others to knock the chip off. <laughs> what? I've got a chip on my shoulder. That was some uh, half-researched. Internet. Uh, okay, very good. I love it. Our thanks to today's guests, Brady Christensen, Sean Olmstead, and Mitch Worthington. Come knock it off, Dennis Pitta. No time for you. <laughs> for Jerem, I am Spencer. Let's shout out to the great Ryan Millar on this day. Yeah, baby. See you tonight for Men's Volleyball, 90 Eastern.